0: back absolute worldy listeners to episode two of season two of the absolute worldy football podcast kyle are we going to keep calling them numerical episodes
1: because we might do like 50 i mean that's a good point maybe we should stop <laughs> just <laughs> welcome back to the podcast welcome back to the podcast
0: and kyle we're joined by a guest we are. Uh, our first guest of the new series. Welcome, Rowan. Rowan McCloskey, Hi. how are you?
2: Great, thank you. How are you? We're good, yeah. And for the record, I think you should keep the numbers for your episodes.
1: Okay. okay. Right. Well, <laughs> also for the record, Rowan has not listened to a single episode of the podcast, <laughs> so it doesn't matter what number we're on. Sure, but I like to
2: dot out my opinion.
1: <laughs> but in all honesty, we have asked our guests to not listen so they can be fresh. Yes. Yes,
2: definitely. and that's what happened.
1: That is exactly
0: what happened the whole way through the summer. <laughs> Uh, also, you just admitted that you don't listen to any podcasts. So I feel like I your, your perspective on podcasts is... is fresh. Is, is fresh? Yeah. I was going to say null and void, but fresh. <laughs> Why
2: can't
1: you listen to podcasts on your phone?
2: I don't have any storage. So I've had to delete all my apps. All I've got is WhatsApp, sometimes my email, and I can make calls. It's you... basically like I'm in the 90s, but with like a colourful phone. It's just like
1: having a phone. You need yeah. to go into... I mean, without going into it, you need to go into your WhatsApp and I'll I'll show you after the podcast. Because, okay, we means... you know, you can download... Apple Podcast, and you can get us right there. We're Apple right Podcasts, where I'm sure
0: at least 70% of our listeners are, of course, downloading the Absolute Worldy Podcast. Yes, and just my... to
2: be clear, guys, that's Apple Podcasts.
0: Apple Podcasts. There
1: are other providers. <laughs> other providers are
0: available. <laughs>
1: Including Spotify. Yes, we are on Spotify, oh. so you can stream us
0: without having to download us.
1: Although I tried to find us on Spotify just via the medium of a search engine. Couldn't find us. Oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> well... Let's not plug something that doesn't necessarily exist. We will be there soon. We're there now. (laughs) We are there now.
2: Just for the real discerning brain that can find it. Yes, exactly. So,
0: welcome to the Absolute Worldie podcast. You don't know anything about it, but what uh, season two is shaping up to be absolutely brilliant. (laughs) It's an Absolute (laughs) Worldie, if you will. Um, uh, What we do every week is we discuss a classic Worldie. That might be something from the world beyond football, but that is football influenced. Uh, And we also discuss... Uh, this week's Worldie, uh, which is something from the current football world. Okay. Uh, but before we do that, let's talk to you,
1: Roab.
2: <laughs> let's ask Hi. you. <laughs> Hi. I'd like to ask you a question, Roab. Uh, yeah.
1: What was your earliest football memory?
2: Um, I've got a few. I got.
1: I mean, hit us with any. I one mean, of like,
2: them. <laughs> but I used we used to play football a lot at school, um, and we'd play it but with a tennis ball. Go on. Because you couldn't, like, we were six or whatever, so you can't just, I mean, the balls are sort of like the same size as you, you when you're six, so we had a tennis ball. That's pretty uh,
1: advanced skills to be able to kick they a tennis ball advanced. around. <laughs> uh,
2: so then there's that, and also, because I'm born and bred Wembley, um, and that's where I went to school, when I think I was like seven or eight, we had a trip to Wembley Stadium Unbelievable. before it was the Arch and was the Towers and so we've walked through like the changing rooms and then there was some chat about maybe you couldn't or you could stand on the grass but I don't know if I'm getting confused with the House of Commons and Lords. Ah uh, yes. Because that was another school trip. <laughs> easily done.
1: <laughs> Hang on. Are you saying... On At least on one, if not both, you, of those trips, you weren't allowed to touch the grass.
2: No, so you know, in the Laws and Commons, when you visit when you're know. at school. No, well, I didn't no. go to school. One of them, you so think <laughs>
1: I also never went on the school trip. So I think that. I
2: am <laughs> definitely confusing myself. <laughs> just the more it's coming out, so the clearer on. it's your getting. My earliest
0: football memory is of being at the House of Lords.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: young lady, get off that grass. <laughs> oh. Sorry. I was playing
2: football <laughs> with a
1: tennis ball on the House of Lords come, come. So when you grew up in Wembley. <laughs> yeah. Did you live in Wembley is that just where your school was?
2: I lived and schooled there until Could you see the
1: stadium from your house?
2: Yeah. In my loft, um, you open up the window and you can see the arch all the time. It's a really beautiful view.
0: Were people really upset when the towers came down? That sounds like a 9-11 question. Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Not those but, towers. You were just say Wembley towers. towers. Wembley Towers. <laughs> That's a
1: better way of putting people it.
2: People were, I think. Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, what's this arch about then? <laughs> That's how they speak. I mean, I'm from Wembley. I can That's say it, that. You yeah. Lots my of cafes people.
1: must have had to change their name from the Two Towers Cafe to the Arch Cafe, I'd imagine.
2: Yeah, I don't know if there's that many cafes really in Wembley, actually. What is there in Wembley? Well, now there is London's only designer outlet.
1: Oh, yes, right
0: by the stadium. Yes, plus Ikea. Plus Ikea.
2: So, (laughs) we we just like things to be really big in Wembley. Right, yeah, yeah,
1: nothing small in Wembley. Yeah. Do you feel a bit minimized by the whole football context of coming from Wembley?
2: Um, can you repeat the question, please? Is it like when you say that I'm from
1: Wembley? People must be like, oh yeah, football. And you're like, yeah, yeah,
2: all, always. Whenever I'm abroad, if everyone's like, where are you from? London. Oh, where about in London? And you go, oh, Wembley. And then like, oh, I know where you're from. Yeah. Can yeah. I say
0: I particularly enjoyed that generic abroad <clears throat> accent? I yeah, think, that was. That I wasn't was sure she was where I was. Greek Cypriot. <laughs> I thought you were in your mother's homeland, actually, I thought it was Algerian.
2: Yeah, that was. She kind of does go, when I do my impression, she's either Greek or Algerian or something.
1: Why would your mum be asking you where you're from, though? That's a good point. Cause... Honestly,
2: she likes to just make sure I'm sure about how I identify from Algerian. time to time. Algerian, yeah. 100 Algerian, good, you'll still remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Never forget it. Uh,
0: Algeria have a very good football team at the moment. They have some of the uh, best players in the Premier League. Well, one of. Do they? Riyad Mahrez, you heard of him?
2: No, I should know this. Yeah,
0: Shit. he's he's big. He's a big, big, big deal, and not just in Algeria, but in the whole Arab world. They're very proud of Riyad Mahrez because he won the Premier League with Leicester.
2: Oh wow! wow mm-hmm. we have
0: linked that back into football. That is unusual for us.
2: That's great. I've got an Algerian football T-shirt. Do you?
0: Do you bust it out from time to time? What, yeah. Just on what I did when
2: we when we were playing against England. That was a very tough game for me to watch.
0: Really, you felt yeah. conflicted. I was oh.
2: like. Which I've what? always wanted England to bring it home, but then Algeria in the World Cup for the first or Europe. No, it would have been World Cup for like the first time since like the eighties. So it was,
1: was two thousand and ten, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, that must have been tough for you.
2: Yeah, and it was. I think their first game.
1: I think it was a nil-nil draw, wasn't it? Or it 1-1. was.
2: It was some. It was a draw because then I was like, Phew. that's yeah. good. But that's also, how I feel inside. Also,
1: big result for Algeria.
0: <laughs> yeah. Big result. So probably the one half of you was slightly more pleased. Yeah, though. you want to go for the underdog a yeah, little bit. exactly. Well. No one cares about England as we established this summer. Actually, we <laughs> sorry, now we established it the other way around.
1: Everyone cares about England. Do you have any understanding of the term worldy?
2: No, I mean, I have no idea.
1: If you had to guess what it would mean, what would you think?
2: Um, I think that's like the new hipster title for someone that's like super well-travelled. Oh. oh,
0: nice! Uh, it's not, but that would be a very good <laughs> interpretation.
1: We could it. do another podcast where we talk to people that are like travel influences. Oh, ha- so why should we go to Malta? <laughs> I, why should we go to Malta? Oh, Is I any- could, I could, I am actually a bit of a worldie so. I could- <laughs> Okay, what we mean by the term worldie is a world-class performance or action. And in the context of football, it's like a goal or a performance that is absolutely outstanding. He's he's
0: had an absolute worldie. That was an absolute worldie.
2: The first thing that comes to my head is Zinedine Zidane headbutting.
0: That is a worldie moment. It's an absolute worldie of a We all know it. Yep.
2: Family Guy referenced it. (laughs) Did they? Yeah, there's an episode where he's like... He comes to the door and he's like, hello, my name is Dalala, da, da, or something like this, and just headbutts um, Peter Griffin, or something like that.
0: He's an Algerian hero.
2: Yeah, he absolutely Zizi. Zizi. We Z-Z. love Z-Z. We tied this together incredibly
1: we to well. well. <laughs> who knew? So, we have a link between our guest this week and Zinadine Zidane. By country of,
0: of origin. That's not such a... I mean, that, by that logic, mate. I mean... We were closer to
1: Zidane than we were before this podcast. But For those who don't know what we're talking about explain how you first felt when you, you experienced that worldly moment I'm
2: trying to think was it I want to say it's 98 but I think it might have been early noughties actually yes
0: was correct. it 2002
2: 2004 2006 ah 2006 and was it Euros or the World
1: Cup it was the World Cup.
2: <laughs> this is quiz by <laughs> yeah. like, Sorry, guys. I'm just didn't... filling in some gaps with this. Yeah, pass. but it's good knowledge. It's, yeah, you've yeah. got great knowledge. It was
1: Italy versus France in the 2006 World Cup final. Sudan's uh... last ever game. There's no way that you're going to remember the name of the horrific Italian. Defender who
0: essentially provoked him into headbutting. Him.
2: I wouldn't. The only Italian I know is from um, Chelsea, and what was his name? Oh, here we go. Di Matteo. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, wow. I thought
0: you were going to say Zola. There you go, Roberto. No, Di oh
2: god, you've yeah, got Zola and his beautiful mane. No, but Di, Di Matteo. He was like one yeah. of my first ever crushes. Like that wasn't a Disney character. Handsome
0: guy, Roberto. What was yeah. it about Di
1: Matteo that you liked?
2: Oh, I think maybe it was like his name. He just had like nice eyes, mm. and it was basically him. Nikki Butt or Dennis Wise, and he was the best of three in the 90s. Hold oh, on. <laughs> Do you oh, know wow. what I mean?
1: Hold oh, on, oh, we God. need to dig deeper into that. This is the worst blind date ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'd be number
0: one, short with the eyes of a killer, Dennis Wise. <laughs> Dennis Irwin? Dennis, what, was he said What, Irwin
2: Dennis or? Wise. Dennis Wise. Sorry, I Start an racket. argument oh, in an empty Lance, house, Lance. Horse, wouldn't he? <laughs> And I used so, to say that all the time in the 90s. I've never
0: <laughs> heard that saying. That's so good. Start argument
1: in an empty Sorry, house. Sorry, it was Dennis Wise Nikki and Buck, it Nikki Butt. Nikki Butt. Or Nikki G- Butt, receding hairline
0: at the age of 17. was And, and you know, a, a red haired receding hairline at, the, at 17 years old is not a strong look. But he was good.
2: Sorry, listeners,
1: was... that was bad. Carl's looking at me like, what the hell are you Just saying? Mean, poor Nikki. Poor Nikki was also, if we're talking about receding hairlines, Di Matteo is a famous slaphead. Yeah, that's yeah,
2: true these Yeah, he has no it really suits him. Yeah.
0: He's got that thing where you shave your head and it goes slightly two-tone. Do you know yeah. what I mean? What, like, like petrol? Like,
2: like, <laughs> like what? Like petrol. I don't you know. know like...
0: I said yeah, but I actually don't know what you mean. <laughs> like petrol? You
2: know how petrol is? You, you're like, oh, is it purple? Is it yeah, green? Got, oh, oh I,
0: draw, I see what petrol. you mean. Right, okay. Yeah. Specific reference for two-tone. Yeah. <laughs> As in, no, his face is darker than his hair. So when he's shaved his head, his head, the top of his head looks lighter
2: ah, than the... I I I'm going to have to to get this too much. that. Too just I yeah. mean, yeah. on holiday. If you, you had yeah. listened, to, if you were listened <laughs> to,
0: to Series 1 of the Absolute Worldie podcast, you'd have been able to come on and discuss uh, players that me and Carl thought were hot to Trotsky.
2: Oh, can we have a slight recap, please, our Graham?
0: Uh, hot to Trotsky, um, Ryan, is a player, yeah, <laughs> is a player from uh, a World Cup squad at the World Cup in Russia, hence Trotsky, uh, yeah. who is the most attractive footballer and therefore the reason to support that team.
2: Okay, well I'll have to look it up. I mean this this World Cup this year. Were there any seeing Southgate you... and Kane hug each other mm. was literally like porn. Mm. Yeah, I it know. was quite something. It was like the waistcoat and the bare body. Oh, so Kane. There's was like topless. a specific photo. Oh, yeah, yeah, Kane was yeah, yeah, yeah. topless, and then you're also just like, oh, Kane, speaking your multiple languages.
0: Wait, does Carrie he, Kane speak more than one language?
2: He grew up in Portugal.
1: No, that's Eric Dyer. I hate to burst oh. your bubble. But maybe Harry... I don't know
2: which one's which. Eric and Dyer, I'm saying Kane but I mean I would Dyer. say Eric
0: Dyer with his top off is a much more attractive prospect than I Harry fancy
2: Kane. Eric Dyer not Harry Kane. Harry Kane Harry Kane
0: is not famous for <laughs> being that attractive.
1: That's Harry Kane funny. got that He a has a very, too big for his mouth. He's a very large tongue back hair.
0: Yeah. Apologies.
2: Oh, I really don't like Harry Kane. Yeah. I fancy Eric Dyer.
0: Apologies to any of our listeners who also <laughs> have slick back hair and
1: large tongues. Also apologies to Nicky Butt and Harry Kane. Yeah. <laughs> so we've now disparaged a good amount of English uh But I would like to tie this up in a neat bow by saying, did you know there was a time where in your hometown of Wembley, Mm -hmm. Roberto Di Matteo held the record for the earliest goal scored in an FA Cup final. That is
0: a worldie and a half, isn't it? That's a
2: worldie and a half. Does he still
0: not hold that record? For that goal against Middlesbrough in nine... 1998,
1: perhaps? Yeah. We'll have to do a corrections corner if that's Yeah, we'll have to have a corrections corner yet again.
0: Oh, Kyle. (laughs) Yes making up facts On the Absolute Worldie podcast And also to tie it neatly in a bow The player The Italian player Who uh, uh, provoked Zinedine Zidane Into the headbutt His name was Marco Materazzi
2: Ah Yeah Uh,
0: And he's been immortalised In that statue Of that headbutt Really Oh yeah it's great Where is it I will show you a picture In the break
2: Okay Uh, So listeners
0: After the break We'll be back with Classic Worldies And this week's Worldie And Rowan McCloskey Will be giving us Her opinion on both those things (laughs) We're back after this (laughs)
1: Welcome back to the Absolute Worldy Football Podcast. I'm going to start us talking about this week's classic Worldie. I'm going to get ahead of it right now. Get ahead of it, mate. Do you know about Watford Football Club, Roman?
2: <coughs> I do. Um, That's a
1: professional <laughs> throat clear. There.
2: <laughs> I do. I was run over in Watford. I spent a lot of my childhood in Watford. No, rewind. And
0: what? First point.
2: The first. Vers- I was run over on the um, on the ring road around the Harlequin Shopping Centre by a Ferrari. What? Yes, you know this. No, I've never no, heard I that didn't know story. Yeah, the, I, the scar on the top of my head. I
1: just thought that was the shape of your head. <laughs> I didn't know that. What happened?
2: <laughs> uh, I was 16 on my way to work in Faith's shoe shop for the Christmas period because it was just, you know, fun to get a, a job in the, you know, that bit. I was walking across the first, like it was doing a flashing business, like don't cross, you know, if you're gonna cross now, be careful, that flashing man. I don't
0: I think th- that's what that man means. I don't think yeah. you know you the, 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 <laughs> the crane <laughs> cross road, but carry
2: yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> so I went through the first lane of the three lane ring road, and um, I could see cars beginning to come off of like another bit, so I was like, oh blimey, better run. Then the second one I thought, oh god that's a bit close. And the third one I thought, fucking hell. And then the next thing, I was trying to stand up, and these two old women had their hands on either shoulder, and they went, You've been run over, love, <laughs> and sat me back down on the floor of the oh road. And I just, God. there was just blood. Oh my everywhere. God.
1: Fucking hell. Yeah. But you remember it was a Ferrari, though? You...
2: I remember it was a Ferrari because everyone in the hospital kept going, At least it wasn't a Nissan right <laughs> And I was like, yes, all classic right. But at Watford, the moment- classic I- Watford comedy there. That <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs> was one of the Doctor's Elton John linking yeah. it back in. Carl.
2: Lovely. Well,
1: actually, my link was going to be better. It was going to be now. Do we know who was driving that Ferrari? Oh damn it! That's ah, that because been the good. chance is our wealthy people from Watford. We know of a couple. One of them, Watford area ish, George Michael. Oh, oh but the other one, piece. perhaps more famously from the actual region of Watford, Elton John Elton. or Reginald Dwight. Now I'm going to talk about today is Watford FC and the relationship between that club and the famous mega famous Elton John now I thought about this because at this time in the Premier League season five games in Watford are not top of the pile but they're up there they've Mm. won four of their first five games of the season and it got me thinking about Watford. There's a lot of shots at the moment of the uh, Elton John stand at Vicarage Road, mm. which is quite close to that ring road. It around, is, so yeah. yeah. Could have named it um, after you if you'd yeah.
2: you died. <laughs> they bloody should
1: have. Oh, <laughs> if you died, yeah. they could have called it the Rowan McCloskey Tribute Stand.
2: God, then I could die happy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so there's been lots of shots of Elton John at the stadium watching these opening games. It's the best start they've had this the season for a long time but not ever. Ooh. I'm going to talk about the last time they started this well. Do it, classic, worldy. So yeah, Elton John's been there with his son, Zachary, sitting there in a nice yellow and black kit, the colours of Watford.
0: What's Zachary's surname? John. <laughs> John's not his... Is it White? Uh, it's, okay. Is it White Furnish? Furnish. It is Zachary... White Furnish?
1: Furnish White. No, it's not White. He's There's no John more Furnish. White. It's, it's, Furnish it was, John. it's not White, it's Dwight. Reginald Dwight. Oh. And also, um, maybe
2: he's just like Madonna, just Zachary. His
1: name is Zachary Jackson Levin Furnish John. Furnish John is the one you went for. I would have gone for John Furnish, but that's but I No, because that sounds like a first person. It save. sounds like a name. Yeah. That's why I would have done it. Like oh, yeah, my name Imagine is Imagine on miss... the on the uh, registrar. F- John Furnish <sighs> Mr. John Furnish. Actually Zachary Furnish John.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's an interesting tone to take for Zachary he, Furnish he's John.
1: He's gonna be very uh, what's the word? Precocious. Mm, I'm, yeah, entitled. Yeah. Entitled, yeah. Sure. Um so yes, many people may be thinking, although not you, because I didn't know you had this actual link. Horrible link to the town of Watford. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, people will be thinking, what for, aren't they a bit in there for the Premier League? Well, we're going to find out can I, where they came from. Go on.
2: Can I just, um, last was it last year they were in the Premier League for the first time in a long time? Or was uh, it the year before? A couple of years ago. A couple, of years, a couple ago. of years ago. People in Watford were getting real mad about it because they couldn't park where they usually wanted to park on a Saturday because ah. of the games having people actually watching rather than before just Elton John like, and one other person.
1: Overly full. Elton John and one other person.
2: <laughs> yeah, just going, yeah. like, oh, Watford's doing all right, isn't they? <laughs> so
1: one of the reasons we wanted to do this podcast was to find out you know, more of how football impacts with the real world, not just the kind of media bubble. Yeah. This is exactly what I for Rowan. People in Watford hate football parking. (laughs) Now we know. Now we know. Uh, Although it is funny that you can imagine just Elton John and an old man and his dog watching (laughs) Watford. Because in 1974, 1973, 1974, Elton John, height of his fame, he decided to take on the stewardship of of his local club, Watford. They were in the fourth division and he became the president of the club in 1973 and he gained full control as the chairman and director in 1976 and they were in what we now call League Two, but the fourth division. Barely a professional side, hardly any professional structure to the club. So basically it was like a a local team. Wow. Um, A real kind of community club. So I looked up where Elton was in his career back then. Uh, I can tell you in the 1970s he released 12 studio albums.
0: I tell you toast. what, I couldn't name you a single one of them albums. I looked one at of them was his...
1: Tiny Dancer. Well, I'm gonna. Well, I have some games for you. But anyway, oh! uh, ah! the, way the way that was... he dressed and sounded back then was absolutely insane. Uh, this is this is how he performed at the Hollywood Bowl in 1973. This is the same year. Bearing in mind, this same man, it was the same year he decided to take on the, the running of a local football club. Elton pulled out all the stops. The show began with an introduction by porn star Linda Lovelace and as Elton descended the staircase onto the stage doves were released from five grand pianos by impersonators of Queen, Elizabeth, Elvis Presley, Frankenstein's monster, the Pope, the Beatles, Batman and Robin, Mae West and Groucho Marx. What is happening? That is the weirdest lineup of like That was the opening oh, to his show. Why
0: that... did he give that all up? Yeah, that's amazing.
1: So can you? Um, in 1976, was when he when he got full, um, full chairman kind of status. His two biggest hits released that year were "Sorry" seems to be the hardest word. Yeah, oh, wow. And "Don't Go Breaking My Heart" with KDD. Oh, wow.
2: love that! Massive, massive songs in if, one year,
0: mate. If it wasn't for the licensing fees that would cost me to have it in this podcast, I would. So be using those songs to. F- oh. Don't go
1: breaking my heart, Joel. Oh
2: God! Well, he, he couldn't if he tried. Sorry, <laughs> uh,
1: I, um, I would, but sorry, does seem no. Anyway, <laughs> now these twelve albums, right, in that year. Now I'm not saying all these were from that year, but they're definitely from that era. Mm-hmm. I've got a game for you, Elton John albums, real or fake. Great. Okay. Here's the first one. Don't shoot me. I'm only the piano player.
2: Oh, I want to say no. That's a fake. fake. That's mucking about. So
1: you're saying fake and you're saying. Fake. It's real. Oh, oh already, I went against my guts. Already. 1973, that one was released.
2: And right. then his Piano Man in that album? We don't know. Don't know. That's don't a ask. Billy
1: Joel song, isn't it?
2: Oh, right.
1: <laughs> Here's the next one for you <laughs> Hello there, Brick Avenue. Real. Fake. It's fake. Oh, fuck. God's sake Tom. Although Goodbye Yellow Brick Road Is that's real That's what yeah. Yes That's it Oh, That's God.
2: what I knew You would do just did a tiny
0: little change that oh,
1: This oh, is right. the last one So who's winning Rowan has got one oh, Joel's yes. got none Yeah Okay Honky Chateau Honky
0: <laughs> Chateau Sounds like a white man's castle <laughs> I'm going to have to push
2: uh, it. I'm going to say it sounds so ludicrous, it's got to be real, but my instinct was fake, so that's what I'm putting out you there. You just
0: said both. You yeah, What
2: are going for? Well I, well, I said what I was going for, but I'm just letting you know that I don't necessarily believe in so my answer. So you're going answer. for fake? No, I'm going for real She's answer. saying
0: real, and then just to in case that it gives me a chance to draw, I'll say fake. It's real.
2: Oh, <gasps> yes! 1972.
1: That was I win anything. You destroyed me at that. <laughs> and I'm just going to show you guys a photo of him performing. This is around the same time, 1975, at the Dodger Stadium in Los Angeles.
2: Wow. 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 So, is that a Dodger's outfit made of sequins? It looks like
1: he's wearing a baseball kit made of sequins so, and diamantes. listeners,
0: what we're looking at here is a, a blue carpeted white grand piano, which is one of the weirdest sentences I've ever said, as in there is literally a... a There's blue carpet on the stage. There's blue carpet on the piano. Elton John is dressed like a baseballer if baseballers were fabulous. He's got Elton number one on his back. And the shot is of him looking out at the stadium and it is packed. Every seat is taken on a four-tier stadium and there are... I've got to say, at least another ten thousand to twenty thousand people just standing on the on the grass. And
2: uh, I've been to that stadium and watched the Yankees be the Red Sox, uh-huh. which is like the huge game. So like the big enemies, yeah. wasn't even half as full as that. Wow. But yeah, there you go. And
1: what I thought was, oh, maybe that's just a really busy league game when he's coming at half time. But there's like, Kyle, there's people all over the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> Clear the pitch, please, for the second half. <laughs> um,
0: second half of a base... Yeah, anyway, go on. So, fair to say that Elton
1: was making a lot of money at that time. And he was at the peak of his fame when taking control of the club and investing his money in it. I thought the equivalent today was probably in 2014 when Louis Tomlinson from One Direction uh, was part of a takeover bid for Doncaster Rovers, uh, which actually didn't go through, but he still has some investment in the club. Mm. And I thought, well, what about like a, a, a sort of imagined one, probably Ed Sheeran buying Cambridge United? Great. So is Ed Sheeran huge... a
0: Cambridge fan?
1: No, I don't think so. Okay. So but like a huge really star imagined. like that and a small club like that. Yes. You'd think someone who is that wealthy and successful would probably want to invest in a, a named club. But no, it's the opposite. It's taking your local
2: small team and having big dreams.
0: And Sir Owen has taken a uh, 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 question
1: around.
2: So I just want to say, if ever I get famous or rich, um, I want to buy Whitstable.
1: Nice. The town of
2: <laughs> and the football club.
1: What's so good about Whitstable?
2: That's where my family are from, and my uncle um, serves them orange segments in the halftime. Oh my and Mike God. Travels and does their games. Do with you know, what? That's, that's the world. That's the that's football. Great.
0: That's the football world that you could have brought us. <laughs> Oranges is at halftime at Whitstable. Yeah. For God's sake! And he goes in the
2: little coach, and they go to like play Hearn Bay or whatever, and he's always there with the segments. My only half-time. Whitstable
0: reference is an old Alan Davis joke off QI, which is about <laughs> Peter Cushion living in Whitstable. You can do that in your own
1: segment. <laughs> <Yeah. but laughs> yeah. I've got to Sorry. move on. Sorry. <laughs> so basically, he he said to the press in 1976 when he got full chairmanship, "I'm going to take Watford all the way to the pinnacle of the football pyramid. I'm going to take them from Division Four to Division One." Did they laugh, Kyle? I mean, we're used to, in, in this day and age, million, millionaires saying that, buying big clubs and promising success. I mean, think of the last 20 years, Joel. Chelsea.
0: Chelsea, Abramovich, done. Man it. City. Sheikh Mansour, he did it.
1: And Shinawatra as well, before Shinawatra, Sheikh Mansour.
0: Well, Shinawatra, yes and no. He took them up two divisions he also took them and into the, Europe. He also, after his tax problems in Thailand, did it almost take them to the brink of financial collapse.
1: Leicester City. Yeah.
0: Leicester City,
2: yeah. Tony at QPR.
1: Tony Fernandez, QPR. Tony on. Fernandez. Massive one, Rowan. Oh, nice. Uh, and Blackburn. Blackburn, Venkies. Venkies Indian Chicken I'm gonna Empire. I'm going to say that
0: that Chicken Empire has not done well for Blackburn. But when they arrived,
1: they said Blackburn will be in the Champions League within two years. And what they really meant was Blackburn will be in League One within two years. That's what happened.
2: Also, can I ask about the Chicken Empire? What's this?
1: Uh, Blackburn were bought in the early noughties, sort of mid noughties, actually, by a, uh, a sort of Chicken, an Indian chicken magnet
0: conglomerate. They 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 had enveloped all the other chicken suppliers in India and had become the number one chicken supplier in India. They're owned by a family called Venki, uh, and they bought a football club. And as Carl said, they announced that they were yeah. going to turn this team. Uh, they were going to bring back the, the the joy of the mid nineties because Blackburn had won the league in ninety five. And um, yeah, they were it was gonna it was gonna be an absolute transformation. And instead, they sacked various different managers. They uh, Bought terrible players. There. They put
1: Venkies over everything. They put Venkis The shirt, everywhere. And yeah. <laughs> um, now so we, Blackburn are languishing. And we oh, know sad. that if you throw enough money at it, it can work. Not always, but it can work. But How much then, money did Elton put in? I don't know if I. Can, I wouldn't want to say. What's... Do you have it written down? You're not going to say it. Of, I'm not going to say. Out of say. respect. Out of respect um, for Elton John. <laughs> so back then there wasn't so many famous investors like this. It wasn't such a thing. Yeah. Uh, and when the investor is so much in the public eye and from such an obviously non-financial background, yeah. football people, they were sceptical, Joel. They were. I mean, how would the glamorous, sexually flamboyant and not altogether manly rockstar Elton John attract the big players and coaches to lowly and scummy Watford? Scummy? It's okay. I'm from there. I can say that. You are yeah. from near there. You were <laughs> born in Watford, but you're not from Watford. So careful with the scummy. I was born in Watford and when I was, uh, what's the word? When I was delivered the nurse probably the same nurse that helped you with your injury right? probably she told my parents he's not a Watford fan and they were like how could you possibly know that and because apparently when I came out I had my middle finger on the side of my head no. facing because you can see the stadium through the hospital so you were window.
0: swearing at the stadium when you were
1: born but don't worry Watford fans I harbour no ill will towards the club
2: <laughs> <laughs> so. this is the first ever everyone's talking about
1: Back to the story. Yes. Yes. At the end of the 76-77 season, so Elton's really his first full season in charge, they, at one point in that season, they were bottom of the last division in professional English football. Uh, And at the end of the season, he sacked the manager, Mike Keane, and he bought in Graham Taylor.
0: Oh, Ah. and history is about to be
2: made. Have you
1: heard of Graham Taylor? No. Well, I'm going to tell you about Graham. Do He had just won the, in the previous season, he'd won the fourth division. With Lincoln City. So it was a big move for him to step down back to the League Four, fourth Division. Under Elton John and Graham Taylor, Watford win three promotions in five seasons.
0: Three promotions in five seasons is unheard of. 1977
1: to 1978, Watford win the 4th Division title with the most wins, the least losses, the most goals scored and the least goals conceded. Whitewash that league. Amazing. 1978-79, they're promoted again from the 3rd division into the 2nd. They finished in second place 1 point behind Shrewsbury, joint most goals, top goal scorer Ross Jenkins with 29 in the whole division.
0: These are stats to make the heart melt. I don't know. That's who why I'm doing them quick. I don't know. Who he's, I have no idea who Ross Jenkins
1: is, but I'm glad he was top scorer. I can tell you that Ross Jenkins, son Ross Jenkins also played for Watford. No way. Ross Jenkins Jr. Anyway, Shrewsbury and Sh- and Swansea also got up in that year, and the Sh- Shrewsbury who finished in first, Watford in second, their manager was called Graham Turner.
0: Graham Turner. Not dissonant
2: to Graham Taylor.
0: Uh, Very confusing. Basically what that proves is, Graham's, they know what they're about. Here's our Graham with a promotion.
2: Oh my God,
1: how do I, it's all coming together. Thank God you're here (laughs) hero. So in 1978, that's not 1979, 80 season, they finished 18th in the second division, so survived. Oh, survived. Yeah, right. The year after that, 1980-81, they finished 9th, so they're building. Yeah. And then in 1981-82, they finished 2nd in the second division behind Luton Town, their local rivals, and gained promotion to the first division. So
0: Elton, he, you know, what he promised in, in the 70s when he took over a fourth division, one man and
1: his dog club. Yep. <clears throat> within 10 years? No, within five seasons. That's well, amazing. I think what we
2: can all learn from this is... Money's fine, but if you don't have love, you can't have anything.
1: I think it was Elton John who sang, money can't buy me love. (laughs) (laughs) So at the beginning of that season, their first season in the first division, Watford won four of their opening five games, just like this year. They had gone from being bottom in the bottom league of professional football to first in the first within seven years. That's extraordinary. So nice. they, they, and just and with really lots of stability under just one coach in Graham Taylor. So the important question here, Kyle,
0: is Watford have had a very good opening start to this season. When that happened to them in the early
1: 80s, where did they finish? That's Oh, Joel, it's like you knew where I was going next. <laughs> Chronological order. <laughs> <laughs> so this 82-83 is the season you have to remember. It's the biggest season in the history of this club. They finished second. Oh no They finished 11 points behind Bob Paisley The legendary Liverpool oh, manager Liverpool. His final ma- uh, season before retiring
0: they Oh you can't ahead. really resent that then
1: But they finished ahead of Man United Blimey. Tottenham Nottingham Forest Who were big today, the day And Villa The biggest Ooh. clubs of that day They finished there yeah. they- Liverpool, Forest and
0: Villa were the European champions of that era
1: They qualified for the Wofa Cup European football for Watford fans For the very first time their lead scorer that season got 27 league goals. Luther Blissett. Now, Rowan's
0: giving a blank look, but uh, I know a bit of, I know, I, I love a bit of Luther
1: Blissett.
2: It's a great name. Well, he though. left
1: at the end of that season. He went to AC Milan mm. for one million. So that is, you know, this, this wow. is the growth of Elton John's club. And yeah. a
2: million in the 80s.
1: Big, that's a big Big money
0: move.
2: Yeah.
1: And also being a young black
0: British guy in uh, Italy in the 80s would have been yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. So that's, you
1: know, the, we do tend to sort of romanticise. Brave second finishes. Mm. Another one I can think of is Brendan Rodgers' uh, 2013 mm. 14 Liverpool side. That when Gerrard slipped, yeah, sure. and Suarez cried, yeah, and also bit people. Um, <laughs> not as a consequence. And can you remember another famous second place finish? <laughs> famous second place finish. I'll tell you, Newcastle 1995 96. Oh, Kevin Keegan's Newcastle. I would Newcastle. love it. Oh. I would
0: love it if we beat them. Yeah, that
1: that year. Yeah.
2: Shearer, the Magpies.
1: Bingo. Bingo. Wasn't in that team at the time. References. No,
2: I know, honestly, 90s. What, what, what's Watford's nickname? Oh, um.
1: Make one up if you don't know. Could you
2: give me a hint? Is it also a the, bird? Oh, the the bee. Oh, the wasps.
1: The hornets.
2: The hornets. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of um. Just, rugby. Cycling,
0: just cycling through things. I don't know what that R
1: word was. <laughs> what? Rugby. Rugby. Never heard of it. No, so, I don't mean I, I know I said it was the most important year, but that was not to be John <laughs> and Taylor's final achievement. No, no, no. No, no, no. The next season, 1983, 84, they finished 11th, I think, in the league. 11th, right. But they've reached the final of the FA Cup for the first time in their history. Whoa. Versus Everton. So, 1983 and 84. This is the second chance to really rubber stamp Hilton John's impact with a big trophy, a symbol of all he had promised and achieved. That team, that day at Wembley, 100,000 fans watched John Barnes, Kenny Jackett, And the first Muslim star in professional British sports, the Scottish striker, Mo Johnston. Amazing. He's not really Muslim.
0: No, I know. I was going to say. I was going to say. There's no way that Mo Johnson is Muslim, but I enjoyed the gag. Oh, why is it?
2: A, I don't get it. it oh, his name I was got Mo really Johnson. I literally nearly got. Yeah, yeah, bloody sorry. goosebumps there. I he thought. What Mo beautiful history! No. Because
1: it's spelled Mo M O, and I was yeah. like, "Well, we don't have that spelling unless it's unless it's Muhammad." Yeah, it's Mohammed, and it's, yeah. his name was Maurice. Yeah. Quite frankly, a dead name.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think we should bring back Maurice. Most importantly,
1: did they win? They lost 2-0. They lost 2-0. But that actually. hardly mattered, Joel, considering Why? the Considering where they'd come from. And my classic Worldly moment, if I could crystallise it as one moment, is this. Elton John standing there, taking off his cowboy hat at <laughs> Wembley, with his wife at the time. Sure. A German woman called Renata. He took off his cowboy hat. He watched all of these hundreds of thousand, well, a thousand, hundred thousand people, half of them Watford fans. And they all sang Abide With Me, which is the FA Cup anthem. And he sobbed. Mm. And I just thought, well, he said at the time, I cried because the song evokes my memory of childhood. And I thought, as a childhood of him supporting Tiny Watford in the lower leagues, and all those years he sat overwhelmed Mm. at at Wembley years later at the dream he'd made reality. That is a classic Ah, Wembley moment.
2: Beautiful. Amazing. Can Um, I I ask, um, do you guys like anthems? Do you sing them? Do you know any words to any anthems in any language?
0: Um, I don't sing the English one. Yeah, Kyle probably sings it on occasion. No,
2: I
1: don't sing it. I also um, no, I say it. (laughs) I (laughs) I declaim it. I rap it. (laughs) Um, I I know some of like the kind of like school ones like Jerusalem.
2: Mm.
1: Are we talking national anthems or like anthemic?
2: I definitely was talking national, oh, I, okay. rather than like I just like. Because so if you're talking about anthems like that, then it's like shared. I, know, I know the words <laughs>
1: of the US one. I don't know why. I what's, say, what's can the... you see by the yeah.
2: dawn's oh, so early can light? You see... Yeah, well,
0: that's because we just movies in it. Yeah. yeah, I know the tune of the Marseillaise, but I don't know what the yeah. words. the no one da, wants to hear da, us hum da. anthems. No,
2: you're right. Sorry, it's just a question. I liked it as a second. You? Yes, I only. Well, no, I only know the English, the American, and the French. Not the Algerian. I don't, the Algerian is um, quite an intense one. Do
1: they do it in Arabic
2: and French? No, they do it in Arabic and there's a lot of lines in it, like, fuck you French. Yeah,
0: nice. Because of,
2: you That know, is aggressive. That they is, were quite And nice
1: justified. And, yeah. I think 100% justified, but I also like that when Joel suggested it might be in French, without even really realising a finger came up. I oh, did it, yeah, yeah, did no, I did A finger of defiance. <laughs> it said no, Joel. Anti-French sentiment. said No. Sure, no. So, not. shall I briefly tell you what happened next? Yes Jeez. briefly Graham Taylor left to manage Aston Villa and then eventually England and my only association with Graham Taylor is completely like nurtured by my father who watched Graham Taylor's England be go from um Bobby Robson led them to the semi-finals of the World Cup Italia 19, in that's 1990 in and then the next tournament they didn't even qualify under Taylor, under Taylor. apparently he turnip. I wasn't really They called him a turnip they called him a wow. turnip. They called him Taylor
2: at the turnip. Turnip. So John Barnes, <laughs> the,
1: the famous winger who got Watford to second place and played in the final, he was sold to Liverpool. Uh, Elton sold the club in 1987, remaining president, and bought it back again in 1997. He stepped down as chairman in 2002. Although not a majority shareholder these days, he still has some small financial investment in the club.
0: He's also the lifetime emeritus, or whatever the word is.
1: Well, in 2014 was when they opened the, the now Sir Elton John stand at Vicarage Road, Uh, and they invited him on, he stood on the pitch, all the fans were there applauding him, and he said, it was one of the greatest days of my life, Watford Football Club is forever in my heart, I first stood on the terraces at the club at the age of six, and I never thought I'd have a stand named after me, I never thought I'd sit in a stand, isn't that nice, Mm. you know, it was basically his stewardship that led them to bigger things, bigger and greater things.
0: Fabulous stuff, Carl, that is a classic worldy moment for the ages, anything else you want to
1: say about Watford Football Club? Zachary Jackson Levin Furnish John may only be seven years old, but he has just signed a deal to play for which club? Wickham w- Wanderers.
2: Watford?
1: Roman is correct again. No! Oh, there you go. <laughs> So, absolute worldy <laughs> listeners, a classic worldy moment for the future. Oh, and if you are a Watford fan, I did get some of this um, information from a really good podcast called From the Rookery End, which I think is a big Watford fan podcast. From the Rookery End, also, highly recommended.
2: if this was a football game, I would have scored a hat trick, because that's three points to one singular person.
0: Great, Bingo. Uh, that is the perfect way to wrap up this segment of the Absolute Worldie Football Podcast. You're listening to the Absolute Worldie Football Podcast. To suggest your own choice of worldies for us to discuss on the pod, both classic and contemporary, why not get in contact with us on Twitter, at Worldie Podcast. With
1: football, yeah! So, hope that you enjoyed that classic worldie when Elton John and Watford Football Club combined in the mid-80s to great success. I'm going to talk about this week's worldie, Kyle. Oh, I'm excited.
0: Um, so I'm going to be honest with you. It's not about uh, a, a football match I've watched this week. It's not about something that's happening in football this week. It's something about something that's happening in football in general. Great. Um, and I'm going to start by asking both of you. Mm-hmm. Did you know that across all employees in the UK, men are paid 18.4% more than women? Yeah. Yes yes yeah 18.4 sound about, sound about I, what
2: you'd expect i thought it was a higher percentage than i that. thought
1: it was about 14.3 so this is
0: the percentage that uh they put together as a mean because the government said that uh, all public sector and many private sector firms have to disclose how much uh, they pay their men
1: and their women not as a meme though
2: not what <laughs> no, not a meme
1: A meme. An average. (laughs) They'd reach more people with a meme. They They would. (laughs) would.
2: That would go viral. That
0: would. I mean, there are plenty of memes on this subject.
1: Sometimes (laughs) I think we're in the wrong business.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, obviously, I am going to talk today about pay in football. Okay. Here we go. So, according to the 2017 Sport Intelligence Annual Survey, how many countries, Rowan and Kyle, Mm. how many countries' worth of female footballers... Do you think would be covered by Neymar's yearly salary?
1: Oh, don't do this.
0: How many countries worth of female
1: footballers? In a percentage or literally a, literally no- a number count?
0: Name a number of countries. Thirty-two countries. Okay, John. wow, you've 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 gone you've gone high there. <laughs> oh, i was going <laughs> oh, go, to, go, to... I was gonna
1: go. You said female players. Yes. How so, many countries worth of female, female players? professional players? Yeah.
0: There's, bear in mind, there's not that many professional leagues.
2: I oh professional. I didn't hear the word. I kind professional. of professional. Oh. professional. Fifteen.
1: But I, I, would, I was high. going to go in the hundreds because they might. But they, okay. okay. So the how many? How the many are there? <laughs> Seven.
0: Um, so you you both you both ruined that quite quite. Yeah, but how quite much, seven how, is still how horrendous. How much is his yearly wage? So his yearly wage is thirty-two point nine million pounds. Oh,
2: but seven times eleven, so it's seventy-seven minimum. Not talking about their understudies. no. no. Professional female players. No leagues worth. I've no. not oh. raised the question at all. Well, no, the question was bad. So.
0: Neymar's salary would cover the paychecks of all 1,693 professional female players in France, Germany, England, USA, Sweden, Australia and Mexico combined uh, with some change to spare as their entire total salary is 32.8 million Wow, so
2: I'm really glad that you just like deep unpacked that so what because I shouldn't seven done, sounded like nothing. oh, there's no problem. No, no 1,693
1: female footballers. But also I would say that I'm surprised by that, because the saddest thing is I thought he was paid more than that.
0: More than 32.9 million? Well, probably if you included his marketing. His, yeah, but that know, doesn't but, include any of his marketing. That is just his basic salary. So actually, so he's paid even way over. It's even worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez. So, uh, the average woman playing in the FA Women's Super League uh, is paid £27,000 a year. Is that the English female premier? That league? is the, the, the highest division in England. Uh, £27,000 a year bearing in mind that we said there is a 13.8% salary gap between men and women in this country, £27,000 a year is 1% of the average salary
1: of a Premier League player. Wow. Yeah, that's,
2: uh, that's yeah. weighty. So
1: that's a 99% discrepancy as yeah. opposed to an 18% Well, bear in
0: mind, though, that even, even in... The, so the top-paying women's uh, football team is a French side called Lyon,
1: mm-hmm. who are
0: uh, probably the most currently most famous English footballer Lucy Bronze plays for. She does. Mm-hmm. Uh, and their average annual salary and they're the top paying is £145,000 a year. That's okay. Bearing in mind that sounds great to us,
2: but, but compared. Harry
0: Kane just signed a contract for £200,000 a
1: week. Plus bonuses. Jeez. Plus, plus all, of the, all the money they make in marketing yep. um, deals, contracts.
0: So basically the highest paid women in football are getting per year what the average male footballer is getting per week. Yeah. And in fact, if you look at that uh, from the perspective of what Barcelona, who are the highest paying football uh, team in the world, what their our highest our average annual wage bill is, they're, um, they're the average sorry the average annual wage bill for a squad player there, yeah. obviously lots of players like Neymar have just established under 32 million, their average annual uh, wage bill, six, wage per squad player is 6.6 million a uh, year. A year. Wow. And uh, the average of the highest paying women's is 145,000. Mm-hmm. That discrepancy is enormous. So this same report, and the reason I want to talk about today is because the Women's Super League has just started up again. Uh, it's expanded. West Ham United ladies have just uh, come in. They're trying. There's a big push to get uh, more play, uh, more people to the games, more fans involved.
1: Yes, Rowan, question.
2: Um, I went to the league final, women's league final at Wembley this uh, spring, and it was so good.
1: It was packed, wasn't it? There it was, was a lot packed, of people there. and it
2: was so nice. Like at no point did I think I was going to get beaten up. That
1: is a big which difference. Which is so from the
2: different <laughs> to when I went to see um, Manu Redding. Uh, no, not Manu Reading, Manu QPR at mm. Loftus Road, and there were li- I like some of the things I overheard. I was yeah. just like, this cannot be real. At, I, I, at a game
0: at, at a game at Loftus Road, I once told the man off sitting next to me for shouting at a player that he was a filthy Arab.
2: Can I? So I was on. The, I was. Um, we were there. Were some guys behind us, and there was some like a ten-year-old kid on the other side of, of the stadium holding a Welsh flag. And a guy asked his friend, "He went, why is that kid got a Welsh flag?" And then his friend went, "Cause he's a spastic." Wow! And that was just the. I was just.
1: Other racist clubs are
0: available. There are other racist clubs, not just QPR. Apologies to our one QPR listener. I know who you are.
1: <laughs> um, um, I'm curious to know more about that final. Did mm-hmm. you? you've been to low football a lot. Yeah. Did you notice a kind of a a, um, a closer gender split or was it, what was the split? There were definitely
2: you... more families mm-hmm. than there are when it's a men's game. Yeah. Uh, there were a lot of women. Um, but there were also lots of men. Like it, it was, an, it was just a really, really nice day. And there was, I can't, like, I cannot, I'm not exaggerating. There was not even one percentage of aggression anywhere. Yeah. Compared to like a lot of the other games I've seen in different countries, it's just, yeah. That's not the first
0: time I've heard that about uh, the atmosphere at women's football. They're not Mm. the only
1: new team, West Ham. I think Manchester United. So uh,
0: Manchester United have been controversially parachuted into what is now called the Women's Super League Championship.
1: Ah, so the second division. Uh, So they're
0: in the second division, but they did win their opening game 12-0. Yeah. Uh, just recently. The league season only started uh, a week ago. Who were they playing? That is information that I should be able to <laughs> Also,
1: they Manchester United have been getting a lot of stick for a long time for being Manchester United, but not having a women's team. No. They've mm. never had a women's team until this year. Yes. Yeah. But they have
0: invested a remarkably high amount of money compared to what the majority of yeah. uh, uh, women's teams get as investment. Uh, so this same... Uh, Uh, A survey from last year uh, thrown up some really interesting stuff that uh, as it is the start of the women's Super League season I thought I would share with you so 90% of professional female footballers worldwide are considering ending their football career early because they cannot make ends meet that's 90% only 9.4% of female footballers globally are aged 29 and over because it is not financially viable compared with actually this is quite a high stat 22.4% of professional male footballers are over the age of 29 that's a high number, I would have
1: thought. Yeah, I guess that it's thought that, especially in goal, but I mean in defence as well, you don't really reach maturity until 31.32, uh, 32, so it's sort of, pe- the higher up in the pitch, you do lose your legs yeah, and your but, pace by that age. But
0: 22.4% is a high number uh, compared always, to only 9.4% of uh, female footballers.
2: I always thought like once you're into your 30s, you're sort of done, other than like semen, for example.
1: Yeah, goalkeepers can go on. You just enjoyed saying semen. <laughs> oh, no, don't I just love a Joel. good
2: 90s throwback. Good old David Seaman.
1: Especially <laughs> I talk about women's football. How dare you, Joel? <laughs> me?
2: Did you not see her face? Yeah. I
0: realised it's just going to look like I made that connection. She yeah, was making They
2: didn't it. see my filthy wink at the time. Uh, um, there was a
1: footballer wink. in the World Cup who um, set a new record for being the oldest outfield footballer. He was in his late 40s, wasn't he? The uh, yeah. Egyptian goalie? Uh,
0: yes. Well, he's not outfield then, is he?
1: Sorry, on the pitch, I meant by outfield. <laughs> Out on the field. <laughs> Goalkeeper. On not outfield.
0: Eighty seven percent of Super League of uh, women's super league players do not have a retirement fund. That's eighty-seven percent do not have a retirement fund. I mean it's fairly more like just real life, this it's just when compared with uh,
1: the male league. Yeah, but it's still mm. el- it still counted as elite sport. These are the women yeah. the best in the world at what yeah. they do.
0: Twenty six percent of Super League players said their clubs alone do not cover their football expenses. So that's getting to games. 26%. 26%. Wow. 2% of all active players worldwide surveyed are mothers. 2%. 98% are not mothers, while only 3% of clubs have creche facilities. So continuing that, only 1% of Super League players, that's the British, uh, the Women's Super League in, uh, uh, in England, are mothers. Only 1% and so while the pfa was unable to supply any figure it's incredibly interesting the high proportion of male footballers in their 20s oh god yeah who have children mm-hmm. yeah early. so essentially what what it's setting up is a is a is a situation where as an elite sports you can have as many kids as you want as an elite sports you can't because you can't afford
1: to and also there's no provision and no mm-hmm. time to to no time off you can't you can't take there's, maternity leave if yeah. you're a professional footballer that is your job to yeah be on but the field. then interestingly when this is
0: compared to other sports golf tennis uh, even female cricketers, yeah, that uh, the the, uh, the clubs, the situation is completely different. Elite tennis players come back after giving birth, and many of them are actually improved. And uh, this is also uh, mirrored with long distance running. Paula Radcliffe famously came back after having children.
1: Mm-hmm. I wonder if there's uh, a sort of Pressure put on team sports athletes that that you can ignore as a, as a singular like a tennis player can mm. be like I want to take this time off. There's no one that can stop me. That's it, interesting. Whereas a, there's a guilt that's with a, you're letting the team down. Mm. Uh, no one else in on the team is doing it. So why do you think you're so special? Mm. I reckon there must be an element of that. Yeah, yeah for Sure, definitely. A uh, 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 societal pressure mirrored in in the team. And the sad thing is that with. The, the, the kind of trope with male footballers is when they're young, coaches like it when they get when, when their partners get pregnant, they like it because it settles Maturity. them down, they're mm-hmm. not going out every night, yeah. They're you know, so it's, it's always seen as a, as a benefit for a, a male footballer, but obviously for a female footballer it's not even a consideration
2: Okay, football is good, football is fun, football is there for everyone, I can't really
0: be bothered to follow it properly but I'll tell you one thing, I prefer it to broccoli so, when I was researching this, uh, because it was the start of the league and I wanted to know about the money situation, I, uh, I read articles from all over. They, uh, they all referenced this particular survey. And I've got a great quote from The Sun, because they did this article saying how bad it was, but then in classic Sun fashion, they, they stuck this in at the end, which is, it comes as little surprise that male professional athletes take home a bigger paycheck than their female counterparts by typically attracting larger crowds, more sponsors, and crucially bigger TV deals. So, uh... In further uh, uh, research, I found this person, Ruth Holdaway, who's the chief executive of the charity Women in Sport. Mm -hmm. And she has a really good response to that, which is that women's sport does have huge commercial value. You only have to look at the Women's Cricket World Cup in summer 2017, where the final, which England won, was a complete sellout at Lord's. It's about brands actually being able to recognise how they can harness the power of women's sport. There's a huge demand from an audience, but it's about actually bothering to tap into that market and making it work for both sides. So the argument, the kind of straw man, that, well, the money is in male, in men's football because of the money, essentially because the money is in men's football. Yeah is a complete straw man because there is a desire, especially amongst in our society where there's a lot more uh, young women getting into football and being really into the men's game as much as they are into playing football themselves. There's a desire to see it. It's the fact that people don't want to put the money in. But it's also,
2: why does this stop? Like, why is it here? Well, you don't, think about that when you're watching the athletics or whatever you're not like well no one wants to watch the women running or doing hurdles or yeah. no. gymnastics. do you know what I mean it's you just look at Jess. you look at Jess
0: Ennis it's not like anyone prefers Mo
1: Farah to Jess Ennis no, no they're all just
2: incredible doesn't matter and
1: that's one of the reasons that we do this pod is because we're actually what we obsess over really is is sporting narrative and that's what everyone loves about um the kind of mixed genders Olympic games and those sort of world championships the narrative of the person it's not the gender mm. you, you get abs- fixated with it because of the stories yeah, yeah.
0: Well, then, uh, this, this, this is actually kind of an, even expanding this idea of, of examining the women's game in relation to the men's game. Uh, it it, ju- it kind of just makes really depressing reading. So I didn't know this, but did you know that uh, the FA banned women's football for five decades from the start of the FA until 1971?
2: It yes. was banned. Um, women, I, I don't know like super duper facts, but I know that women's football actually used to be more popular than men's. Yep. So I think that's when they banned it so they like, bring up the sales of men's games. Because they games. created a
0: professional league for the men and yeah. they didn't have one for the women. When did you hear that? I've never heard that before. Um,
2: I think it's because um, a friend, uh, well, my sister knows um, Ruth. Oh really? So I think I had so that conversation. So yeah, yeah. So I think uh
1: Ruth Holt was it Ruth Holdaway?
2: Holdaway? Holdaway, yes. I'm not very good at remembering names or anything and also I haven't met her. But you know, I, I think that was the conversation and I didn't know that, so I looked into it a little bit and then I didn't retain any other facts.
0: Well let's push further into male dominated industries, right? So there are hundred and thirty seven Uh, and 21 male professional footballers in the world. Just over 137,000 male professional footballers in the world. There are only 1,287 female uh, professional footballers. Um, This suggests that football's probably, in terms of representation, the most unequal profession in the entire world. Wow. So in politics in in the UK, 32% of MPs are women, which is not good. In medicine, 11% of surgeons are women. So these are bad, bad facts. Mm. However, in oh, there's my front door, just uh, a <laughs> clicking shut with somebody probably a man running away. That was been, equality
1: closing yeah, the door on its way equality up. Slamming the door. <laughs> um, uh,
0: so this uh this the, the the representation in terms of men and women, my reminder it's 137 plus change, male professional footballers, one thousand two hundred and eighty seven female professionals. That is zero point nine three per cent of the industry are women. Yeah. Do
2: you know what's interesting? I wonder if it's just like um because you like I as someone that I do watch a little bit of football and I prefer live games than keeping up with the league and things like that but I hear a lot of knowledge or like a lot of news about male footballers through Media and yep. like, yeah. what are they doing out the at, Entertainment off the pitch. business, exactly. Yeah. And who are they getting married to? And yes. what's this new scandal and tax evasion? All of this sort of thing. But there's no, I mean, there's no reporting anyway, but there's no personalities from women, you know, there are personalities, like, but they just they're not reporting it, they're not going out and. Yep you know, having raucous gangbangs and things.
0: They aren't. Or maybe they or are. maybe they and are, but no not one's... It's just not being reported. Where yeah. is the equality in that? We want to yeah. hear about the England you know lionesses gangbangs with I'm going to change
2: my career. With I'm their... going to write for the Daily Mail, but only on women footballers <laughs> at night. Um,
1: <laughs> I think they would love that. The Daily, <laughs> Daily I, Mail would love that. Shall
0: I end this section on a slight, on a green shoots letter? Sure. Yeah. Let's, let's, yes. let's, I'll end by saying there are some green shoots. Um... The, my favourite one is the Norway Football Association, who made an agreement between their male and female internationals to bring up about parity. That resulted in the men giving away 550,000 kroner that they were getting from commercial activities to their female counterparts in order to achieve equality. So the male Norwegian footballers oh, gave their money to the female Norwegian footballers. Wow. Uh, the players' union boss, who's a man called uh, Joachim Valtin, said, Norway is a country where equal standing is very important for us, so I think it's good for the country and for the sport. Uh, And then the captain of Norway, who's also a Chelsea midfielder, uh, Maren Mjelda, said, I would say you only really have one club in Norway that can offer a fully professional environment. Other teams don't pay as much, so it's hard for Norwegian footballers to be able to fully concentrate on their football because they have to wake up early in the morning to train, to go to school or work. And then in the afternoon, it's football again. And that... Yeah. Uh, uh, was a, an attempt by the Norwegian Football Association to address that in the UK, closer to home, Lewis FC uh, pay their football play their male team and their female team equally they're the only club in England to do that yes, wow. and wow. Their, in, their women's team are incredibly successful and their men's team are not which uh, uh, goes some way so to so that sh- men's
1: team must be absolutely elated to be making that sweet cash yep. <laughs> exactly, they're being paid
0: way too much Yeah, over um, the
1: odds, men succeeding yet again where they don't deserve it <laughs>
0: So I'll end with uh, I'll end with uh, Holdaway, uh, your sister's best mate Ruth. I um, uh, <laughs> should say that. <laughs> so, many <connections> <laughs> so many connections this week. Um, so she says this about the uh, following the example of the Norway FA. Um, We'd love to see more governing bodies valuing their female athletes the same as their male athletes. It's not just about equal pay. It's about the message that sends out about how much women are valued. In tennis, the commitment to equal pay at Wimbledon is a good example of a sporting body realising that while the men's and women's games are different. The players put in the same amount of effort and all are playing at the height of their abilities. So, that is my this week's Weldy about uh, the current state of the disparate pay between the men's game and the women's game, Kyle.
1: Kick-ball with football, yeah! That was great. And it just reminds me that, actually, this you've noticed definitely this year, lots of the media outlets, Sky, but more specifically the BBC, have really been pushing to put female sport football women's football news stories in with the the headlines yes Mm. on a consistent basis there's always one or two on that list every single day the longer that goes on it will hopefully over time bleed into the next generation's understanding and enjoyment of all football final word of women's football rowan
2: um i really like it and i think it's good to watch um but also I don't often enjoy lots of things and I enjoyed both of your worldies, the classic and the present. So thank you. Yeah,
0: very thank welcome. You, thank you, Thank <laughs> you. Uh, um, we will be back next week with uh, more classic worldies, more of what's going on in the world of worldies this week uh, and potentially...
1: With another guest. But before we do close off, Roanne, thank you for being our guest.
2: <laughs> thank you for having me.
1: And is there anything you'd like to tell us about? What are you up to at the moment?
2: I'm uh, Doing lots of different things. Currently directing a run of News Review at the Canal Cafe Theatre. Ah, and... the longest running... Yes, in fact, I've made history because for the first time in 39 years of London's longest running comedy sketch show, there are three women and one man on stage, whereas it started with it four is... men.
1: And, it, and I've always it it's two and two
2: and two and two but this year the best candidates got the job
1: Well done. congratulations to you so go um, see um, News Review at the Canal Cafe Theatre when can, can we see yes. that
2: Um, you can see that Thursday to Sunday and it's on all year but my run finishes on uh, the 14th of October
1: and where is the Canal Cafe Theatre Little
2: Venice above a pub and you get to drink throughout the show without it being in plastic
1: and where that's is Little amazing. Venice
2: Little Venice is just near Paddington in London
1: good for the non-London
0: listeners Warwick well, thank Avenue you. The, uh, <laughs> the place to go so thanks very much listeners we've loved being with you we'll be getting ahead of everything that we normally get ahead of next week goodbye bye 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 The Absolute Worldy Podcast is produced by Joel Samuels and Kyle Ross with editing by Joel Samuels our theme music is courtesy of Adam Janota Buzowski and Amar Chadha Patel all other music is licensed under Creative Commons thank you very much for listening and please do remember to like share Share, subscribe, rate and review on iTunes, and follow us at Wealthy
1: Podcast on Twitter. Bye. Okay, welcome back, listeners, to the first half. No, I'm starting it. <laughs> I'm leaving it in. No, get rid of it,
2: please. All right, we'll go to the end of the podcast. Okay. <laughs>